Hey Pathways, what's going on? Pastor Michael here, and we are excited that you are joining us for another edition of Table Talk. This month, we're going to be talking about something that uh, maybe it's affected you, maybe it hasn't. It's this this thing that we call church hurt or, or church trauma, and I'm excited because joining us today, we have the one and only Pastor Nathan. Hey, the one and only. The one and only. <laughs> that can mean a lot of things, but yes, the one and only Pastor Nathan, our worship pastor, is going to be joining us today. Um, so, like I said, we're going to be talking about church hurt, church trauma. These are buzzwords that you hear in our culture. Yeah. Um, but, but right off the top, I want to just make this statement. Um, and, and what it is is this. We are not experts. Um, Nathan and myself, we are not counselors. We are not people who are experts in the subject area of trauma. Um, and so we're not claiming to, to be experts yeah. on any of that stuff. Right. Right. So we'd encourage you, depending on where you are on the scale that we're going to talk about, um, I'd encourage you to seek counseling, find yes. somebody that is, you know, certified, certified to yeah. handle, yep. handle this. Our goal is just to make you aware of what's going on and give you some practical help. So that's the first off. And the second thing I want to make sure that you guys know is that this content is very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether you are a parent or you're not a parent, or maybe you're walking through this right now, maybe you, you never are going to walk through this. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important, especially in the the time that we live in right now, that we understand what church it, church hurt is and how we handle it. Because um, the reality is that you probably are going to come in cro- come in contact with somebody mm-hmm. that does struggle with this at some point in time. The longer you're involved in church, so. With that being said, we're going to get into this topic, and it's it's a hard topic. You know, I, I think of all of the people that I've had conversations with, um, you know, that have left the faith. I feel like story after story, um, there, there's people that are leaving the church, walking away from the faith, um, and there's always a lot of reasons, but one of the ones I hear quite often is, you know what, I was hurt by the church. So there's some, so some trauma. Yeah, yeah, there's some trauma in the church, yep. and, you know— I, so I left the church, and it often leads to deconstruction, which is something we're going to talk about soon on this podcast. Um, but really, it, it leads to this this abandonment of faith yep. and of Jesus because somebody from the church hurt somebody, yeah. right? Um, and usually, it kind of amounts to this concept. The people in the church didn't portray Christ well, and because of that, I'm going to leave. Yep. Or because of that, my kids are going to to leave, Yeah. right? Yeah. Nathan, would you would you agree with that? That is oh, 100%. a picture of so what church hurt looks church like. Church hurt is it, hap- it comes in so many different forms too, right? Like um, church hurt often is again we're not talking about like cr- like capital T trauma. So like right. that would be like sexual assault, people that have been uh, physically or emotionally or mentally taken advantage of at a high, high level for a long, yes. either for yeah. a really long time or incredibly harshly, like really quickly. Um, we're talking things that are more easily defined as um, t- things that are offensive that happen to people. Not that they aren't justified, but they are offensive. Um, somebody's done something that offends you. Somebody's done something that hurt your feelings. Somebody's done something to feel make you feel outcast, make you feel less than, and it rubbed you the wrong way and you left. Or somebody did something that you didn't agree with, um, and you it was hard to reconcile with that, and you left. Um or it, sometimes you didn't even leave. You know, sometimes we go through church hurt and we stick it out and we we. Right. But yeah, church hurt is so it comes in so many forms. So you you have to understand as we go into this podcast that it comes in so many different um, forms. So right. I don't I don't think anybody um, that would be listening to this I would guess 
is not going to have some connection to church hurt, whether it's them or someone they directly know. Right. You know? And I think it's important, you know, you might be a parent, because this is normally our parenting podcast, and so you might be a parent and going, okay, how does this affect me? Well, the reality is that... Um, our kids are watching and they see what we do and they, they hear what we say. And, you know, there seems to be this common thread of people who watch their kids walk away from church, not because of who Jesus is, right. but because of people and how the church is viewed. Yeah. And that starts yep. in the home. That starts with parents and how they communicate about church, about Jesus, about Christians to their kids. And so we want to give a, a snapshot of that. But what you were just talking about, I think, is totally totally correct. Not all church hurt is the same. It's right. not equal. Uh, it's almost it's almost like a spectrum, right? Yeah. If you, you picture it across the spectrum, um, you have at, at the very top of that, you have trauma from abuse, uh, whether that be abuse of power, sexual abuse, whatever the case may be, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the, the crazy trauma that we see at the top. Yeah. Um, and, and it can go, it goes down from there. So like we have that abuse and that trauma. And if you're somebody that's there, I I want you to hear this very, very clearly. You need to go to law enforcement. You need to get somebody else involved. Um, you need to leave that church immediately. I I think when sexual assault is, uh, is involved, people, um, like there's something embarrassing about something like that happening in yourself. And and then there's also somebody's need to feel like they're protecting their church or they're protect. You don't need to protect anybody. You need to protect yourself and you need to um, open up to the people that can help. You don't have to open up to everybody. You don't got to give your whole story um, to every person you come across. But don't worry about protecting the person that traumatized you. Don't worry about protecting the reputation of a couple of people in your friend yeah. group. If you have been ex- have experienced something like that, go find help. Seek help immediately. Yes, don't, don't go wait find any go find the help that you you need to, to and get yourself in a safe place. Yeah, that's the other thing. Do not stand there and, and wait for somebody else to advocate for you. You need yeah. to get out of that space immediately yep. and get to somewhere where, where it's safe. Yeah. Right? So that is kind of the the upper like echelon, I guess, of the, the spectrum. But then it goes down from there. So yep. then we have stuff like in the middle that's more more preference-based. Yep. Right? Oh, 100%. That, that it's, you know, I have, there's... I have absolutely received emails from people that <laughs> are ready to leave church over like the song selection that we have or... Uh, how we manage greeters or parking team or like stuff like that, you know, like that's, that's like definitely further down on the list here, you know? Right. So then you got that, that little bit of middle ground there. Um, and and that's oftentimes, you know, that could even be a staff member, um, doesn't recognize you or, you know, I walked in the lobby and I didn't feel, feel loved, whatever the case may be. Um, but then I think there's also another category that we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the not outright, not noticeable kind of trauma. Right. It's the stuff that's happening that you aren't going to realize in the moment. Yeah. But in 10 years when your kids walk away from the faith and say, you know, hey, I, I didn't, I'm done with this whole Jesus yeah. thing. I don't like thousand cuts. You right. Know, it, yeah. Death by a thousand, thousand cuts. Yeah. Where as a parent, you might not see it. Um, and, and a lot of times this comes from how parents view church, mm-hmm. uh, how we as parents view, view church, right? That's one of the reasons why the, the term church shopping makes my like uh, blood boil so, yeah. because, man. It's almost always a product of, uh, of church hurt. Um, people don't feel comfortable at one place and they feel like they need to, uh, to start um, seeking for somewhere else. But then they start looking from a defensive point of view, right? Yep. yep. And so now they're 
trying to find things that they don't like about it that can turn them away. And then as they finally stumble into something that like they can't find enough wrong with it right off the bat, they still have this consumer mentality at whatever church they end up landing at because they've been shopping for so long. And their kids are starting to learn from that as well, and their kids become consumers of church instead of contributors to the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, and that's just, yeah. You well, and I think that you hit it right on the head when you're talking about the kids too because yeah. it's – and and I, I honestly think that like there as parents we should want what's best for our kids. We should want the best experience. We should want a church that builds mm-hmm. into kids, that builds into students, that builds into um, the next generation. We should want that, and we should want a church that has solid theology, and and a church that is willing to teach the gospel. We should want all those things. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong. We're not saying stay in a place um, that's not teaching the right things or is not – we're not saying that. Not at all, yeah. But we're saying how you view that and how you teach your kids that is really important. Yep. Because if your kids – if you bounce from church to church trying to find the right fit or trying to – whether it's preference or whatever the case may be, um, your kid is going to slowly realize when you talk about it, if you're not careful, oh, we go to church because it – it's the church that we like, where we feel comfortable, yeah. uh, that that builds us up, you know, and church becomes me-centric. It yeah. becomes all yeah. about what I can, you know, what I can get out of it. Yep. And then if that's the case, I mean, you're, you're setting your kids up. We're setting the next generation up with the perfect storm where they're going to get church hurt. Yeah, 100%. Because they're going to not have a great church experience or they're going to view church through this very me-centric lens. Yeah. And it's eventually going to lead to church hurt and then they're going to walk away, right? Um, so, yeah, kind of when we look at church hurt, it's on this this continuum, right? Yep. Um, I know and the scale is always moving a little bit, right? Like yeah. it's a moving target for everybody. Like some things might set me off in one uh one environment that don't bother me as much as another, but they're all those things are a little in flux. So like there has to be some wisdom and discernment in there to know like what you're dealing with, even with yourself. So I would just real quick, um, if you're dealing with church hurt, I would say the first step is praying through it, right? Asking God for some discernment. Like, am I just offended here? And like, and making this about me, it's something just like hurt my feelings and I need to like backtrack a little bit and stop making this so much about me? and Or is this something that's a serious issue that I really need to address with my family and with my faith and make sure that we're making a wise decision here? Yeah. Like those are – so can I get – can I go into like the three? Yeah. So this yeah, is a sure. perfect uh, – we have a, a – I'm a big fan of lists, right? So, like, <laughs> I have I have these three categories, this list of categories, these three categories that I, I file kind of church hurt under. Um, category one, I would say, is, like, staff to congregation, like the, the, the staff to the crowd. And um, where the staff does things that, like, if I have a volunteer on my team that I'm constantly just, like, guilting them for not volunteering enough or for or making them feel bad for giving their best but they still screwed up on something or if i if or it goes all the way from that to like like guilting people for not tithing enough right we should be tithing we should be tithing out of obedience that doesn't mean i should be like calling you up and calling right. you names or right. making and, you feel and also just like to kind of like manipulating you take a, a time out to say too like and and this i think our generation is really bad at this. Yeah. But understanding where the line of guilt and and also a little bit of conviction from the Holy oh, Spirit 100%, is. 100%. Yes. Like, you need to make sure that that is something. Because I, 
I mean, I've at times felt, felt before like, man, oh, that pastor made me feel guilty. Yeah. I feel guilty for this. When really, it's the Holy Spirit that's working me, saying like, <laughs> yes. dude, you need to cut that out. That's where the discernment piece right? comes the in. Right, the discernment talked, piece, right? yes. Yeah, exactly. Because you, if you have a hard challenge from the Holy Spirit and you've chalked it up to church hurt, <sighs> yeah, that's then you're, le- you're missing an opportunity to get closer to Jesus. You're missing an opportunity to understand the Holy Spirit. You're missing an opportunity to be obedient and thus re- reap the rewards that God has for us, the promises that he's given to us. Yes. So... Um, there is, there's so much that like we've got to be uh, honest in our discernment right. to determine whether or not God is speaking to us or whether or not somebody is hurting us. You know what and I that, mean? And that first piece is, is so huge so too, huge. especially because, all right, so let's say, you know what? Let's say Pastor Adam pe- preaches on tithing, right? Yeah. Everybody's favorite subject. Um, and I'm not tithing, let's just say I am, but let's say I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Um, and I walk away going, man, he made me feel guilty when it's really the Holy Spirit working to me. Yep. I'm going to try a different church. Right, yeah. Well, I might have a good two, three months, and then the church I go to, they preach on same tithing. Thing. And I'm like, like, man, all these Christians are the <laughs> same. <laughs> like, they just want money. They just want to guilt me, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. That's why it's important to have that discernment in the moment because yeah. here's the thing. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not somebody who just gives up on you. Yeah. And so you're going to find if you are being convicted of something, it's going to come up over gonna, and yep. over and over 100%. and over and over again. So instead of testing yourself on your preference and your feelings, how about testing yourself on your scripture? You know, oh, like, yeah. did did that guy tell me something that hurt my feelings? Because I'm going to be honest. Um, this is a hard pill to swallow. Me and Jessica have had this talk. Uh, Jessica's my wife. We, Me and Jessica had this talk a lot. Um when we were dating and early on in our marriage is that hurtful and mean are not the same thing. Mm. Sometimes someone is being mean and that person you can ignore. Sometimes they just said something that's hard to hear and it hurts your feelings a little bit, you know, but what it's like coaches, what coaches are required to do is, uh, take responsibility of challenging a player to do something that they would never do on their own to become the player that they all have always wanted to become. That's what the Holy Spirit is to us. It's this coach that challenges us to do these things that we would never do on our own. Um, and he does that through the staff. He does that yep. through, also in your prayer time, in your own chair time, also in your own, uh, in your, with your own relationships with friends and family. Yeah, small groups, but, right? Small, groups, small another, groups, another place where so, you're, you're going to see Which this gets me to like, see that. This gets me to like the second... Um, the second category that I file things under for church hurt is you have uh, the first one was like staff on uh, on the crowd or on the congregation. Then you have like the congregation to each other, right? This yep. maybe not a position of somebody on the staff doing something. Sometimes um, somebody said a couple of weeks ago, sheep bite, and we're all part <laughs> of that flock, you know, under Jesus. And sheep, they just bite. Sometimes we get close to other sheep that are in a bad mood that day. Sometimes we get close to other people. That you step on their foot. You, you, know? sit, you sit in somebody's seat, and it for some reason, it, it, you're like new at a church. You sat in the wrong person's seat. They were just having a bad morning before they bumped into you, and then they said something rude or gave you a little side eye. You know, that's like the, the sheep on sheep <laughs> analogy, right? Sheep biting. So there's yeah. also, so there's staff to crowd, then there's crowd to crowd, right? So the crowd, the people that you attend church with, the people that you bump into in the building, um, 
like those are important people that are also growing in the body of Christ, that are also growing in their relationship with Jesus and their discernment of the Holy Spirit. And they make mistakes just like you do, you know? Yeah. But it's so, so it's so easy to get in a situation where two people having the wrong kind of attitude at the wrong time, um, for sometimes for a, a long period of time, two people that just don't get along very well and they just rub each other the wrong way long enough. Right. Um, and it's a lot of the same issues you would see, guilting each other, acting like I'm better than you, gossiping about each other. Um, you end up like getting hurt from people that are in the crowd with you. And then um, people would, would kind of step away for that same reason. Right. And, and if I can, I, I want to speak just to a second, too. If you're part of our congregation, you're part of our people here at Pathways, too, um, this is something that I have to remind myself of over and over and over again. Um, but it's this thought that when you walk in the church doors and you become plugged in here and you, you follow Jesus, um, it's almost like, a, like you want to think of like sports, right? Um, you begin wearing not only the Pathways jersey, but you begin wearing the I'm a follower of Jesus jersey. Yeah. And your actions, they're going to make or break somebody else's faith. Right. Right. There are, and I don't mean to be like calloused about that, and I don't mean to guilt anybody on that, but the reality is that if you, as a follower of Jesus, walk through those church doors, and maybe somebody sits in your seat, maybe they're a guest, who yeah. knows, and yeah. you snap at them, like we have to be so careful yep. about our reaction because not only, especially for unbelievers, like as followers of, of, of Jesus, we can kind of separate like unbelie- you know, believers that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah. and w- who Jesus is. An yeah. unbeliever that has zero experience in that doesn't know the difference. Can't disconnect those two. Yeah, that's so, and so, yeah, that's so true. So for us, when you when you get mad at somebody for sitting in your seat, right. guess what? They don't see you yelling at them. They see Jesus yelling at yep. them. They say, Oh, Yep, all these Jesus people are the same. There's no way that yeah. Jesus works. Look at the way they act, yeah. right? And so it's a challenge, but it's it's something that we have to we have to work through as followers of Jesus, right? Nobody expects us to be perfect at it all the time, not even Jesus, but like but our role is to be constantly thinking about it, like constantly more and more intentional about our actions, more and more aware of our actions, more and more yeah. aware of like how much are we really representing Jesus right now? How well are we really representing Jesus right now and working towards being more like him? Um, I feel like there, we can all take huge strides in that, right? Right. You know? Well, it's it's a lifelong process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you think of you know the fruits of the Spirit. Think of Galatians uh, 5, 22, 23, talking about what the Holy Spirit does in us, right? That yeah. as the Spirit works in us because we follow Jesus, because we put on that jersey, yep. that our actions begin to look different. They look yeah. more like love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Right, that's what our lives should look more like. Yeah. Right, so as followers of Jesus, we step up when it comes to that. Right, so right. those are the two. Give give me the third. The third one. The third this would be a talk here. more for like so. Uh, so I do leadership training with like church staffs and stuff, and this would be a talk I normally give to the church staff because I'm going to tell you real quick. Whenever I go to this conversation. Um, I talk to both sides of this problem. I talk to people who are accidentally or intentionally um, hurtful, and then I talk to the people that need healing because they've been hurt. So in this particular case, often I'll talk to staffs about healing because the the third one is the the congregation to the staff. Like the hurt goes that way too. And people don't realize it a lot of the time. Um, And church staffs, there's people that I know all over the country that just need healing from um, from being taken advantage of even by people in the crowd. For instance, um, I'll give you a few examples that things that have like really small things that have happened to me is like people constantly telling me that the songs we do 
aren't good. <laughs> uh, people that there's only been a few people that are, like make that a thing over and over again, but it is hurtful, you know? Yeah. It's like, I was asked to like, I feel like God called me to this job. I feel like God laid that song on my heart. Am I insane? Like, am I just a total idiot that doesn't know what God's even saying to me right now? Um, another thing is like people expecting the pastor to preach on a particular subject over and over again, and the pastor feeling right. beat down from that. The church staff, people expecting the church staff to be perfect in their personal lives. Like, um, there are so many people on staff that would never admit to a problem in their marriage on church staffs around the whole, like around the country that would never admit to having problems in their marriage because they feel like everybody's looking up to them to be perfect. And I had that issue before, you know. Um, there's been, there's people that feel like they have to work. Um, another one is they feel like they have to work to please the people that tithe, which is yep. like a, a, like, and a lot of these, some of them are even self-inflicted, but it's the demand of like uh, uh, an impatient or impractical expectation, right? Right. So when the people in the church expect something more from the staff than what is what they're just capable of doing. Um, like I can't please all uh, 750 people that sit here on a Sunday morning. Someone's not going to like the song that I picked, <laughs> you know? Right. Like the odds right. of me picking that one song that every single person liked every single Sunday, week after week, is is impossible. It's just not, not going to happen. Um, so the same with like the message, the pastor can't preach a message that's going to connect with all 750 people every single time. We can't expect, um, all 750 expectations on the staff to be met every single time on when something unpredictable happens in the kids hall and Rebecca already our kids pastor, she already feels like she's harder on herself herself than anybody else here would ever be. So like to, for me to add on to that as a congregant, like not even in that hall or serving with her would be, it's just unfair to her. Right. I think, and I really think, you know, the starting place of looking at church hurt, church trump, whatever you want to call it, um, for us truly to understand, we need to first and foremost understand that we're all broken. Yeah. Right. That's, that's biblical, right? Look at, look at Romans. We're We're all broken. We all have issues. We all have stuff that we're going through and we're not perfect. Yeah. Right. And we shouldn't expect there to be a label of perfection, right? Whether you're a congregant, whether you're serving in a ministry, whether you are a pastor at the church, right? Yeah. There shouldn't be an expectation of perfection, right? Now, one thing that I, I love about Pathways is, you know, from a leadership standpoint, we strive for excellence, right? right? We strive to be as best as we can, but yeah. that doesn't mean perfection, right? right? And so cutting everyone some slack is so, so yes. important in what we're in what we're doing. Like right? Grace matters so much when you're dealing with this. Yeah. yeah. We we have to be we have to be graceful um when it comes to interacting with each other. Yep. And and I, I find that, that really that really helps. The other thing that um I think from both sides of the, you know, the spectrum or whatever the case may be here, um, I think one of the questions that, or one of the, the gut checks for us as followers of Jesus, as people who work on the staff is, um, catching ourselves saying I mm. a ton, yep. right? So if I'm going to fire off an email to, Na- to Pastor Nathan, because I didn't like the songs that he chose, right? If you're writing that email and you're saying, you know, and I didn't like this. This song didn't this, move me. This, this song didn't move me. Like, uh, take a step back, right? Same is true of, you know, congregant to congregant. Yep. Same is true because yep. 
So that's the thing that Francis Chan said. Yes. When somebody came up to him and said, you know, like, you know, church was great today, but then we started doing that one song that, like, I just, it didn't move me. It kind of took me out of the out of the right. moment and Francis Chan was like it's a good thing we're not worshiping you right you know? yes we're, yeah. we're not worshiping yeah. you in this this moment yeah. I think you told um, me that like last week yeah we're, we're worshiping yeah. God that's what we're we're here to do you know and yeah. so again having that ability to you know just have a little grace on both sides of the, of the yeah. equation right yep. have that grace um, and then you can kind of move forward. So that's kind of what church hurt is, mm-hmm. kind of a picture of the, the three different ways that we see church hurt. Um, I think the question now becomes, how do we handle church hurt, mm-hmm. right? Whether you are um, you know, a parent or maybe you're, you're somebody without kids, like this applies to everybody. You know, How do we handle church hurt? Yeah. And I, I think it honestly falls into three categories. We're going to hit them all. Um, one lists. Is, yeah, lists. man, lists, right? <laughs> um, one is how do we prevent it? The second would be, how do we handle it currently if we're walking through yeah. it? And then how do we work through it already happening? So let, let's start at the top. Um, how do we handle church hurt, especially when it comes to preventing church hurt from happening? Right. Like it's, I think it's so, um, I think it has a lot to do with setting appropriate expectations. Um, right off the bat, realizing that the people that are attending the church you're attending are not perfect people and you're not a perfect person. So don't expect perfection from everybody. Expect some mistakes. Expect people to be unwise sometimes, distracted sometimes, impatient sometimes. They're working on it too. You know, they're just trying to get better. Um, so preventing it, that won't prevent all of it because some people do malicious, awful things. Yeah. But um, but this can prevent a lot of the unnecessary offense that we take from each other. The things that like separate us from. Um, from the body of Christ unnecessarily when we didn't mean to like, I don't need to be separated from people at the church and, and distance myself from people at the church over a slight difference in preference, over a slight difference in that like tonality in that one conversation. They sounded a little impatient today. So like understand going into it, first of all, the things people do and say says more about them than it does you. When somebody does come up to you and complains because you're sitting in their seat, you know what? They're probably not thinking so much about how that looks on you. They're, they're thinking about how it looks on them because what do you do when you, like Michael, when you pull up your second grade class photo of all of your second grade class together, the first thing you do is look for yourself in that picture. Right. Yep. Yep. We're not looking for Susie like two rows down from us. We're not looking for our best friend. We're not looking at the teachers. The first thing we do is look at ourselves. Yep. It's the same thing we do when we go to church. When we have a complaint about someone sitting in your seat, the first thing we do is we impact we we complain based on how that impacts me, right? So I'm thinking, what if pastor's looking for me and he thinks I'm not here today because he doesn't see me in the seat he always sees <laughs> yep. me at? What if my you know, my sister that I invited for the first time in a long time said she's gonna come to church today. I told her where I'm going to be sitting and she gets here and I'm not there. Like they're thinking about themselves, man. They're not thinking about you sitting in their seat. Right. So there's so many reasons to like just set a proper expectation ahead of time because uh, I think that'll prevent some of the unnecessary hurt going into situations like that. Yeah. I really think when it comes to preventing church hurt from happening, I think so much of it goes back to really two different things. Having the proper theology. In other words, um, understanding why we do church. Mm. That right there, I think, is huge. Yeah. Um, because if you have an incorrect understanding of why we do church, you're starting off on the wrong foot, and Agreed. it's it's only going to lead to that that church hurt, right? Um, and then the second thing is um, being able to separate God 
from the church, yes, from Christians, yeah. right? Because I think so many times we as followers of Jesus, we like to put everything in the same bucket, mm-hmm. right? And some of that's like the way that we grew up, right? Because, oh, we're going to church, worship Jesus, right? So all of a sudden we assume that Jesus and church are in the same bucket. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then we're going to hang out with this small group of Christians from the church. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're all in the same bucket. Yeah. And what happens is so many times with church hurt is they're all in the same bucket. We've got Jesus, we've got uh, the church and the church's actions and Christians. And we just kind of start to mix it up. Yeah. And usually what comes out of it is one of one of those three, um, and let me tell you, it's not Jesus, yeah. uh, but one of <laughs> those three ends up hurting us. And instead of going, wait a second, I was hurt by a broken person who's a Christian. We go, well, got to dump the entire entire thing out. We we, we don't want anything to do with it. Um, It's kind of like, there's this really, really great uh, uh, illustration of uh, like you picture like a a, a beautiful work of art when it comes, like Mozart, right? Mozart writes this beautiful, beautiful uh, work of art. Um, But then you have a three-year-old play it. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and it's horrible. Yep. Like it, 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 you have a three-year-old playing the piano. <laughs> yeah, it's or not going to sound average like thirty-year-old like me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to like you could put me at the piano, it's just and let me tell bad. you, it's going to sound horrible. Yeah. But you don't blame Mozart for the way that I play it. Right? No, you don't do that. Yeah. Why? Because That's he so didn't. Good. He didn't write that to be the way that I performed it. Right. In the same way, we as followers of Christ, we are going to, because we're broken, we're going to misrepresent him quite often. Yeah. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do dumb things, right? But it's really important that we don't throw out the, you know, the, the composer, composer yeah. the, the one that composed yeah. Christianity because I can't do it well. Right. Right. Because my brokenness shows through yeah. more than. Because the Bible uh, says he, that Jesus than, is the author is. and the perfecter. He's not just the author, author and expects yeah, me to be the perfecter. He is the perfecter as well. So, like, it's up to him to do both. So, don't judge his work based on my bad performance. Yeah. Of please it. don't. Yeah. Please, please don't. <laughs> please, yeah. please don't. Please have right? some grace. Um, and so, I, I think, you know, kind of looking at how we prevent it, we need to make sure we have a proper idea going in. Mm hmm. This is why we do church. And I think it's important to have these kinds of conversations with your kids, right? You might be in that position of, um, you know, trying to find a church. Maybe you just moved here, right? We've Maybe this is the, the first time that, um, you know, you move to an area and you're trying to find a church body to, to belong in. Now's a good time to have a conversation with your kids and, and really any time to say, all right, we're looking for a church right now. We're not looking for what we want. We're not looking for preferences. We're praying throughout the process together. We're trying to find the church body that we can plug in and become the hands and feet of Jesus. That is why we're doing this, because we want to worship God with our actions, not because we really like the worship team and their their pastor is young and hip and, and, you know, he wears skinny jeans or whatever the case may be, right? If we make decisions like that based off preference, that's where we start to get ourselves into trouble, right? Right. So I think that's a pretty good handle on how we prevent church, yep. right? It's all about the way that we view it, right? And I think this is the probably the biggest key because of the fact that this is something we can control. Yeah. We can't control the way, I mean, as you were saying before, we can't control the way other people act. Right. We can't control uh, the way that leadership acts. We can't control any of that. What we can control is our mindset going in mm-hmm. and what we teach our kids about church. 
right? right? We can control that. And so that is a huge piece of making sure that we handle church hurt well, right? So that's kind of how we prevent it. Now, what would you say uh, to someone who's currently in the middle of church hurt? Oh, man, that I'm sorry. I hate it. Um, I've been absolutely heartbroken by church before. I've been, you know, wounded on my own and uh, have felt abandoned. I've felt forgotten. I've been told that I was a liability. I've been, you know, like, like so I, I've had dealt some with some serious deep wounds in church, and I know what that's like, and I, I hate it for that person. So um, when you're dealing with it, it's important to to note to notice a few things. First of all, there are decisions to be made. Do we stay here? Or do we not? Yeah. Um, are we finding another church? Are we going closer to family? Are we going to try to get away from family? Depends on like where the source of the hurt came from. Are we cutting off some of these friends? Are we there's are, are, are leaving the faith altogether? Like there's a lot of decisions to be made in times like that. Um, you have probably given this advice. And you being anybody listening, not you necessarily, Michael, I bet you, <laughs> although I bet you've given this advice too. Yeah. So it's probably a good idea to listen to this advice. Don't make decisions while you're still emotional. Yep. Like I, I remember be, hearing that on many occasions, right? Yeah. You know, I, whether it be I've don't told buy, that don't to people, big, yeah. no big purchases, don't no whatever. Buy, yeah, don't buy. Well, they even say like grocery shopping. Grocery like, don't shopping. go grocery, don't go shopping, grocery shopping, shopping when you're hungry, man. It's gonna you know? it's gonna lead to a, a, a really poor you're, place, right? A hundred percent. And so, yeah, the same is true of if you're walking through church hurt. Yeah. Don't make that decision while like, you're emotional. If you're making snap decisions like that, yeah. um, I mean, the Bible even says be be slow to anger, right? Mm-hmm. So let's let's take a moment, slow let's down pause, a second, yeah. slow down, right? Um, so you mentioned, um, should we leave a church? Should we not leave a church? Yeah. I'd love to hear uh, some of your thoughts as far as when when is it appropriate to leave a church? I know that we have people yeah. here. Um, we're not just talking to Pathways people. We have people that listen yeah. to this podcast that yeah, uh, attend other churches or yep. attend online or whatever the case may be. Um, and also, uh, for for those of you who are Pathways people, this is a great opportunity to share this right. because you may have a friend that is teetering on the brink of falling away from the faith, mm-hmm. and this may help them. Yep. Um, so I'd encourage you to, to do that, right? Um, but when should we... You know, when it comes to the church body, when when do you leave a, a, a church? So I would say we we talked about the preparation piece. Uh, first of all, even in this mode, even in the middle of church hurt, there's still preparation that can be done, right? Yep. Um, there's still conversations you can have. We t- this is a parenting podcast, so I don't mean to like gloss over the parenting side. So to give you the to apply this there really quick, I'm not a parent, so um, the way that this applies to me is just the way I deal with people in general, not necessarily. Like yeah. my own kids or anything, but um, is even during this, you can prepare by talking to the ones that are involved, talking to the people that are in your life, making sure that like for parents to say like, look, kids, um, people make mistakes. So like we just knowing going into this situation that people make mistakes and we may make mistakes along the way. We're going to try our best to correct them when we do. And we're going to try our best to have grace on the people that do. But, um, but yeah, when it comes to walking away, like I said, there's a lot of decisions to be made. One of them might be leaving the church. Before that, before you get that far, right, I think there's a few steps involved. Step number one would be, like, confronting the problem. If there's yeah. a person that you have um, an issue with, if there's a, 
a, a theological problem that you're dealing with, if there's um, a, a, a lot of people want to talk about budget issues, a lot of people want to talk about revelation, a lot of people want to talk about <laughs> like the things that are just difficult to talk about. Why do you beg me to tithe every single week? Like stuff like that. Um, they want to talk about creative decisions that might have been made or preferential decisions that might have been made. Um, talk to the people that are involved. Um, yeah. Again, this is not a decision to be made while you're emotional. It's probably not a conversation to have while you're emotional because you don't want to say something that you'll regret later. But, um, but yeah, talk to the people that are involved. Say, like, look, this really hurt me. This is a real problem that we're dealing with. And uh, and I just I need somebody to talk me through this to make sure that I'm understanding what's going yeah. on. And if there's any fix for this situation or if I need to change my perspective or whatever. Yeah, and to do that, I, I love what you said, do it after you've yeah. kind of processed through some yep. of that emotion. Um, cause this, this also, this is something that is not just, uh, Oh man, you know, pastor Nathan said I should confront whoever, uh, has hurt me in the church body. Yeah. Um, immediately. No, no, take some time, work through how you're feeling. This is where that discernment comes in, right? We, yeah. we need to make sure that we're, we're discerning, right? But then have those conversations, yep. right? Have those conversations with, people that might have hurt you or, or maybe because also a lot of times you know it's just a simple miscommunication yeah right oh so often. There, there's been times i i remember actually um you know a couple years ago i was um i was actually out of the country i was on a, a cruise with my my family and uh, i got a text from one of our leaders um you know i i'm out of the country i don't have <laughs> cell service right like right. um and i've i got back to uh, Puerto Rico, where you know we, we left out of, and finally I, I got just flooded with text, right? right? Emails, text, they're they're blowing up my phone, um, and one of them was from one of these leaders that was just asking a simple question, um, and you know probably a month went by, and they were a little passive aggressive towards me, and like eventually I had this like come to Jesus moment where I'm like, hey, what, what's, what's going, going on? on? Yeah, like I, I feel like they're you're distant. I feel like something's going on. They're like, well you just made very clear to me that, you know, I'm not, you know, worth priority, your time. Yeah. I'm not a priority. I was trying to reach you. Um, and you should have seen their faith, their, their face when I was like, dude, I was out of the country. Yeah. Like, I, like, even so if sorry, I would have like, I was in, yeah, I was in the middle of the ocean. I was so. in the middle of the ocean at the time. <laughs> so, right. And yeah. you could see just the frustration and oh, anger melt like, away. Cause oh. they're like, Oh man. Jessica was a, uh, was a supervisor in Oklahoma city at this, at a, um, a housing facility where they help uh, homeless people and veterans and people find uh, housing. And she was a supervisor of this whole department. And uh, one of her, one of the people that worked for her, Jessica was finally, her contract was up. She was leaving. We were moving to work at another, uh, at a church at the time. And Jessica sat down with a few of her employees and they were just discussing like, how did it go all during this time I was here? Like, are you guys feel satisfied? I want to leave you in a good place for the next person that's taken over. And this one person just aired all of these frustrations and all of these issues that they had. And Jessica was like, how long have you been like dealing with this? They were like months. Like since I've started here, basically it's been like getting yeah. worse and worse. And Jessica's like, all right, this is the one perspective shift. I don't even remember exactly what it was because it, it's not me. This is Jessica that I'm talking right, about. Right, right. But this one perspective shift that she shared with this person that they were like, oh, like yep. it just clicked for them. And sometimes it's that simple. It's just this one little perspective. And the thing they said is they were like, I wish I'd come to you months ago because I've been frustrated for so right. long. The enemy loves a divided church. Yeah. The enemy loves when it can when he can come in and he can divide the church mm -hmm. over silly little things yep. and can just, you know, 
break up the unity of the the church oh, because unity. when yes. the church is united man that's powerful. powerful powerful right and so the enemy loves to come in and, and do those those types of things and so mm. Absolutely. If you're in the middle of church hurt, if you have got something going on, um, once you filter through it, make sure it's not emotion, make sure it's not a preference thing, yeah. right? Um, because the reality is that preference things, as, as hard as this is to hear, um, we're here to worship Jesus. Yep. And, you know, the people that God has placed here have, you know, they have a calling on their life. Um, and so, you know, once we once we handle that, yeah, go communicate it. Yeah. Make sure and that it, everybody's on the same page because then we can move forward. Yep. Sometimes United. you'll find that like where you leave off is not a make or break situation anymore, like it was yep. a week ago. The sec, the next step would be get if you still if you're still in a situation where this is a make or break dire situation, get some advice from not your like buddy that's in your corner that's just going to be like a yes man, just like yep. hype you up. Get some advice from people that are willing to challenge you, people that you trust, uh, people that you respect, and then after you've done that and ta- and take that advice. I don't I don't like not that they're isn't discretion even in good advice that some things you need need to eat the meat and spit out the bones you know take the advice though seriously listen to them really weigh it out then if there's still a a broken trust if there's still and that's generally what it would be um wounds can't eventually heal they always take time to heal but they can't eventually heal but a broken trust is a hard thing to come back from Yep. And then after you've had the conversation with the confronted the problem, after you've gotten strong input from other people, and now there is still a broken trust involved and there's things that you can't move past, only then would I say is it even an option really to like a healthy option to right. move away from that church. Yeah. Um, so And and I think you know, the the other thing that we spoke to is like the theology piece of it. You know, when do we when do we leave with the theology thing? Recognize where it is. I, yeah. I love this. There's an analogy that I really love um, that compares um, what we believe in and our faith yeah. to like an ice cream sundae, right? Right. So like, if I were to ask you what you want in your ice cream sundae, yeah. what, what, do you, what are you putting on that ice cream I sundae? Want, if, I want chocolate, caramel, and peanuts. Okay, chocolate, caramel, hot, and, and hot peanuts, chocolate, right? Hot caramel, and peanuts. 100%. Okay, that's, that's your yeah. thing. On vanilla um, ice cream. There is no way that I would combine those three. Personally, you no. I poor choices, Michael. <laughs> put the no. caramel first, no. and then the ice cream, and then the chocolate, and then the peanuts. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, I, I don't like peanuts. And so for me, <laughs> okay. I'd have been like, no. Now, if you would have said almonds, um, yeah. I'm, I'm one of the weirdos that likes almonds, right? Mm. Um now, now here's here's why I'm ta- maybe I'm hungry, but yeah. <laughs> the reason yeah. why I, I bring that up is because you know the the same is kind of true of church. Like we can't agree what goes on top of an ice cream sundae, right? But what we can agree on is you need ice cream. You need ice cream, right? Yeah, we we can both yeah. agree on yeah. that, right? We, right. And, and maybe there's some other stuff we can agree on. Maybe we can agree that you know hot fudge belongs on it. Yeah. Maybe we both can agree caramel. Maybe the only thing is the nuts. Right. Maybe instead of nuts, I think there should be sprinkles. Right. right. Yeah. Well, right. Big deal. Big deal. <laughs> yeah. What's important is the ice cream is there. Yeah. Right. And so when we talk about the, theological issues, it's important that we rank where those are. Right. Yeah. Because 
you and I, we might be, you know, super close, right? Yeah. The only difference being I want almonds, you want peanuts, right? Right. We might be super close. Like that's a third tier issue, right? Right. There's no reason for us to freak out and leave because like of this I'll, third tier. I'll tell thing. you guys listening right now is that me and Michael have disagreements about how to deal with things based on like what we think Jesus wants us to do. Yes. We're like, we think the Bible says this about particular things. He thinks the Bible says this. But we have things that we are willing to be uh um, gracious about because we both know that we're anchored in the same thing that will not change. The same thing that will not change is that is Jesus. Yes, right. Yep. That's never going to change for us. Yep. That's so that's like, that's the ice cream, right? So that's, that's the, the that's cream. the main component, right. you know. And so I think um, that's just a really helpful thing to start thinking through. Yeah. Is like, okay, what are our absolutes? And and it's a great thing to talk through as a family mm-hmm. um, because there there might be people in our church that their absolutes look a little bit different than ours. Right. Right. I mean, because even ours look different. You know, you as yeah. you and your background, and me and my background, yep. like. There might be a little bit different, right? But we have to be willing to, you know, understand where each other are coming from and recognize, you know, is this like a tier one issue? Is this a tier two issue? Is this a tier whatever, right? Yeah. Now, if you go to a church, um, this is, you know, this is something that we, we believe at Pathways. Like if you're going to a church and they're like, nah, Trinity's not real, right? There's no yeah. Holy Spirit. Like, oh, okay, that is time out. We're, we're moving away. Or if they're saying, you know, the Bible's not infallible. It's not yeah. the word of God. We don't trust it. Like, yeah. Okay, now we need to leave. The Old right? Testament that's, is folklore. That, like, that's yeah, that's the, yeah. the theological thing that we need to go. Oh, all right, I'm out. Yeah. But you know these smaller, tiny things, we have to we have to count the cost yep. to make sure that you know. Because here's the reality: you're not going to find the perfect church. Yeah. You're not going to find the church that fits exactly what you think to a T. And you sh- you shouldn't be able to find that church. Right. You shouldn't be um, making million dollar decisions based on a ten dollar problem. Like I'm not going to find. Yeah. If I can, if I, we have the, we're splitting hairs over certain things, but I'm going to change my entire weekend regimen over that one like disagreement I might have sometimes with Bill when I bump into Bill <laughs> in the lobby. You know what I mean? Like. And it's and just here's not worth here's the it. other piece of that as you know as a as a pastor the longer I've spent. Um, the reason I really don't want what I want mm-hmm. is the longer I've spent um, in the Word and getting to know God, I have things that ten years ago I would say, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to be interested as this, and now, now it's different. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Because the the Word has refined my belief, right? Not because um, I, oh man, I was wrong. Like, yeah, no, the Word has refined my belief yeah. because that is my ultimate authority. So um, that's a little bit. This is how you'd handle the the current church hurt. Um, you know, if you're currently working through that, we'd love to talk with you. We yeah. have pastors on call here at Pathways. We'd love to to pray with you to talk through yes. what you're you're you know what you're going through. We would love to be a part of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how we handle church hurt. Now, here's the here's the the last one, and it's, it's this: how how do we work through hurt that's already happened? Yeah, right. And, and I don't know where this leaves this person that is asking this question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could still be in the church that they were hurt by. They could be, you know, they could have, they could not be attending church. They could mm-hmm. be attending online somewhere. They could, whatever the case may be. Um, speak to that for just a moment. First of all, hurt people, this is a phrase I feel like everybody will uh, be somewhat familiar with is hurt people, hurt people. So living in that hurt puts you in a position to um, a- to accidentally be harmful to the people around you. So it's important to realize you can heal yep. and we should work towards healing. Um, because then once you come out on the other side of that, um, whole people heal people. 
Whole people mm. can be if you're if you've gone through something difficult like that and you've come out of the other side and there's still life in your bones, you've still got hope. You still you still are connected to the body. You still have a relationship with Jesus. You can be one of those that are a catalyst to somebody else's healing. And it's incredible to experience God working in your life and to see Him move mir- like move mountains and to have see miracles in your own life. But then the feeling and the experience, not even the feeling, because I don't want to live my life based on feelings, but the experience of being that for somebody else, to be that miracle that speaks into another person's life, that brings somebody else out of that, is incredible. So um, so it is important to realize it may be years later now, and you may still be holding on to bitterness, and you may still be holding on to unforgiveness, and you may still be holding on to an unnecessary hurt. It's important to know that right now, first of all, you can um, move forward and experience healing. And secondly, there's a lot of benefit if you do. So, um, But the ways to do that would be, one, understanding that forgiveness is not necessarily a two-way street. Yep. I don't need um, somebody who hurt my feelings to ask for forgiveness for me to be able to give it. If I feel guilty about the way I handled a situation... I don't necessarily need that person to forgive me of my part. I can be uh, repentant. I will apologize. I'll do everything in my power that is right to ask for forgiveness. But if they reject me, that's not uh, that's not my call to make. My call to make is to still forgive them and still for, be patient and gracious. I've been made out to be um, the enemy of somebody else's, and I, this is me personally, I've been made out to be the enemy of somebody else's story. Because through church hurt before, yeah, um, and I have hurt people in church. I have been impatient, and I've been young and dumb. And ten years from now, I'll say that this year I was young <laughs> and dumb. You know, so I've done it unintentionally, and I've accidentally hurt feelings, and accidentally run people away, and made stupid mistakes that I wish I could take back. Um, and I don't get to choose whether or not I'm the villain in that person's story, but I do get to choose whether or not I forgive that person in mine. Right. Yeah. So um, forgiveness is such a big part of church hurt and just understanding we can forgive the people that have hurt us. And that's the first step in moving forward. Secondly, it's just asking God to deal with us, man, like just praying to the Holy Spirit, like come speak to me and mend the broken parts that are inside of me. Allow me to see the where you're challenging me and where you're growing me, because with all the things that we've been through, um, I don't think that God set that up as a punishment. I think that he will however leverage that for preparation right i wasn't punished up until this part i was prepared to be a great worship pastor at a great church in the northern midwest and in you know eastern wisconsin i wasn't punished for mistakes i made in oklahoma or for being young and dumb in my 20s i was prepared for being somebody that was Mm -hmm. able to be here and be available for somebody that's here now you know so i think to realize like um like I wanted, I want the Holy Spirit to work through that hurt and to show me where God's building me and where God's growing me and what God is doing in my life. Um, so forgiveness is such a huge part of that. It's the first step. And then after that, just letting the Holy Spirit speak to you and praying for that. Yeah, I would say, I mean, two things. If you are currently in that place and you're working through church hurt, I mean, we have we have family, we have friends that are in that place right now. Uh, myself, my, my wife, you know, we know people that have definitely been in that space and that definitely are there. Um, and so the, the two things that um, I would say is, number one, um, the, the Bible teaches that we pray for people that hurt us, that persecute us, that hate us. 
this is really hard. So this hard. is like the suckiest <laughs> part of yeah. forgiveness. Um, and not praying like God smite that guy. Yeah, like, hit him not with a that bus. kind of prayer. Father, hit him with a bus. Right. That's, <laughs> that's not, not what, that's, that's not what we're praying here. That's not what we're praying. Um, yeah. But praying for their heart. Yeah. Praying that God would work in them. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said before, praying for blessings right? in their life. Yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. Yep. And so, how much you want to bet that person that hurts you, that you're trying to forgive, they're hurting too. Yeah. I've seen this in my life tons of times, and it takes years. Like, it's not like a, oh, yeah, I prayed this once, and God just, poof, Yeah, it um, took me years. Changed oh, my heart sure. completely. I still, it's still something I deal with, you know? Right. And, and I just so, had, I literally just had the thought, this is me being, like, really candid <laughs> on here. I literally had the thought, it was like, uh, yesterday on the way home from church, I was like, man, if that guy could see me now. And then I was like, you <laughs> idiot. Why are you even, like. Come on, man. I was like, get, get over yourself, Nathan. Like, it's not about you. Like, who cares if that guy knows, like, what you're doing now. But Right. So um, so pray for that that person, that those yep. people that hurt you. Um, there's also a line between don't let them hurt you again like don't just come running back and like okay we're good everybody like no you know there is something to be said about protecting yourself Mm -hmm. right um but pray for those people that hurt you and and what's really cool is i've seen this in my life a couple times i've I've walked through some hurt and uh i i think one of the things that god does through that transformative process like i remember praying for these people the very very first time and being like god just help them I, i i can't i can't get myself to say God bless these people because they need your blessing in their life. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't. I was so angry and so mad at these people that I couldn't. Yeah. Um, but what's really cool is over time, I heard my prayers change. Yeah. And so it became less about me and my hurt and what they did to me, and it became more so, God, I want them to find you. Yeah. They're clearly hurt. They clearly need you um, the same way that I need you. So reach them. Mm-hmm find a way, right? So that's the first thing I would say. The second is this. If you are somebody who's walking through that right now, uh, and please hear this, this is so crucial because uh, you're kind of at a crossroads. You're at a crossroads of walking away from the faith yep. at this point in time. That I've found this working with students as they go off to college, right? Those first two weeks are really key. Why? Because of the fact that they're going to become disconnected with all the people who know they're a Christian. Mm. Every person, their church family, no, no longer connected. No yeah. accountability, right? Yeah. Their, their small group, no accountability. Yeah. And if you're one of those people that's in that pos- position right now, you're walking into probably one of the most vulnerable times of your life mm-hmm. because you got nobody surrounding you, encouraging you, bringing you, bringing you back in. Yeah. There's nobody to hold you accountable. Um, and so in this time, I, you know, our heart, our goal is that you make it back to the body of Christ, right? Yeah. That's what we want. We want you to come back to the Father. And so... Here's my, here, here'd be what I, I would tell that person if they're working through it. Do not neglect your chair time. Yeah. You know, we do three things here. We do the row, circle, and the chair. Um, the way I, you need all three, Yeah. right? But you can survive on one for a yeah. short period of time. And so my, what I would say is don't neglect your chair time. Don't neglect spending time with your father, reading your Bible. Um, because... It doesn't take long spending time in the scriptures to find out that God has a heart for broken Christians, broken people, and his church, his yeah. bride. There's a reason that God calls the church his bride. Yeah. He cares about him, right? Yeah. And so I'd encourage you continue to read your Bible and and really read it in a way where you want it to refine you right. and to heal you, not to prove you right, not right. to say, ha, 
look at those people. They're wrong. I told you they, they shouldn't have said this. They shouldn't have judged me. They shouldn't have whatever. No, read it to see the heart of God. Yeah. Because the heart of God is for his church and for broken people. Yep. The same way it's, he, his heart's for you, his heart is for the person who hurt you and the, the, all of the, the people that are hurt. That mm. right there, that's, that's yeah. who he came for. That's right? so good. And so spend time in your Bible um, and be open. Be open and vulnerable and willing. I mean, even this is a great step to, especially if the hurt did not come from um, a pastoral standpoint from somebody that's on staff, connect in with your pastor. Mm-hmm. Please connect in with your pastor and say, yep. hey, um, you know, so-and-so hurt me, and I'm working through that right now. Yeah. Or your leader. like if Your you leader. To, if you go to a big church or even in here, it may, may not always be um, super easy to access the lead pastor. But um, first of all, Adam often makes himself available, more available right. than a lot of people that I know. But also, sometimes it's just not possible, and you can reach out to your leader. Right, you know, Re- me, reach Michael, out to Rebecca, yeah, to, to one Tandy, of us or whoever. even yeah. your small group leader. Small group There's leader. some incredible, incredible people oh, that amazing. run small yeah. groups. Yeah. And just let them know what's going on, Yeah, right? Um, so that they can kind of help you through that, right? So that is, that, that's kind of those three different areas of church hurt. Um, if you're walking through that right now, we are so sorry. So sorry. We are sorry for the pain. We know it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want you to know there is hope. Yeah. And on the other side of it, uh, there is hope. You can find healing and restoration through Christ that brings you back into community mm-hmm. with his church. Um, and so I'd encourage you with that. Um, really quick, before we leave here, I wanted to run through, because um, this is a parenting podcast, um, something for you as you know, as parents. I'm just going to run through this quick. Um, I want to break down kind of the three ages and give you guys some practical advice. So um, if, if you're you as a parent, how do you – really, it's more so a prevention standpoint. But right. um, toddlers, hey, you are the gatekeeper, yeah. right? physically protect them. Yep. Um, you know, it's something we do in the kids and youth men space is we have our, our people are trained with ministry safe, which, you know, from a sexual assault standpoint, uh, makes us aware of everything that's going on, right. helps us to see, see things that maybe people wouldn't see. Yeah. Right. So physical protection, yep. right. That's huge as toddlers. Once you get into your elementary age, this is when, Hey, let's be careful about And really you can do this with toddlers too, but let's be careful about why we go to church. Yeah. How we explain church. Start talking to them now. Yes, yeah. now is when we start to explain those They'll things. They'll soak up more information than you realize. I know that I did whenever I was in elementary school, the things that yep. like, I thought. Separate then. those buckets, right? Yep. Yeah. Separate the buckets. We're going to church to worship Jesus. We're worshiping Jesus at the church. They're not the same thing. They're not the same thing, Yeah. right? We're going to worship Jesus with <clears throat> other Christians. We're not at the church, right? Yeah, it's but they are just other Christians. We're still worshiping Jesus together. He's somebody different. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's when you, you know, elementary age begin to do that. You're also going to see some hurt. This Mm -hmm. is where you're going to start to see bullying. You're going to see, you know, Tommy threw a train at me, and I got hit in the face at church. Right. Which, by the way, our our kidsman handles that kind of stuff. Don't worry about that. (laughs) Um, However. You know, you're going to have to start explaining, yeah, well, you know what? Just like you and me, Tommy's Tommy's broken and needs Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And so we can't treat the church differently because of what Tommy did to right. you. I'm sorry if your name's Tommy. Um, but <laughs> we can throw any name in there. Sorry, Tommy. Uh, sorry, Tommy, right? So this is where you start to make those. And, and then you hit that teenage point, mm-hmm. right? This is when you're going to see, I guarantee at some point in time in the teenage years, you're going to see your teenagers go, Mom, 
dad, these Christians say they're Christians, but I see them at my school and they're not Christians. Mm. Mom, dad, this person says they're a Christian and you should have heard the stuff they said to me, Mm -hmm. right? They're going to begin to notice. Yep. Because that's the first thing. Teenagers are great at at spotting, you know, people who are not. Hypocrisy. Yes, they are great at spotting it. And And adults are really good at being hypocrites. It's it's perfect. So we got to really watch out for that. That's why you got to set a a preparation like Yeah, yeah, prepare them for that, right? And so, um, you know, as your kid's a teenager, great opportunity. Don't shy away from those conversations, right? Call that out. And, And this is where that, that foundation of this is why we do church. Christians are broken. We are broken. Everybody's broken. Yeah. Becomes so crucial because you're able to make those connections for your kid. All right. So that kind of gives you a piece of those three. Um, what I wanted to end with today um, is something that's actually pretty close to my heart um, because I hear about it all the time. In fact, we've got a group of, of moms in the community here that actually pray over their kids that are in this yeah. situation uh, on like every six weeks or something. It's right. pretty wild. Um, but it's the question of what what do you say to a parent of a grown son or daughter who's left the church due to church hurt? Mm-hmm. How do you handle that situation? So when you're when you're talking to somebody else who's dealing with church hurt, it's not necessarily your own. You're really walking in a really delicate place, right? So yeah. Um, one thing that I would suggest is not to dismiss the church hurt. I think that's something we're like, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You just got upset over something stupid. You need to toughen up. You know, and you know what? Uh, the part of me agrees with that. Sometimes <laughs> people just need to toughen up and quit getting so upset about stupid things. But here's the thing: they did get upset, and it did hurt their feelings. And there really is a wound there, and it's not up to you to determine how bad the wound is. Just or if it's a valid wound, or right? if it's a like, valid wound, right? So the first thing that um, I I try to do is I don't put myself in their shoes. That's one thing that I think we do wrong when it comes to empathy. Um, I think. If not, if Nathan Purifoy went through that, how would Nathan Purifoy respond? I think if I were them, I would probably respond the same way. Not if I were me going through that situation. Right. But if With I the also, knowledge that you have right, right now. Right. right. But if I also had their parents, if I also lived in the neighborhood they grew up in, if I also felt the pressure they did at school, if I also had the, the was dealt the bad friends they were dealt, if I also um, had like a difficult a couple of situations setting this up the way they right. did. Like if I walked that whole set setup through their shoes, it would probably hurt me too, man. And if it's your kid that you're talking about, because your kid has left the faith or your kid has left church. Um, and now they're an adult. You have to realize like, like just because you were part of it doesn't mean you have to live in shame over it. I think there's a lot of like forgiveness that you can give, that you can ask for from Jesus just saying like, please forgive me of my mistakes and then accept that forgiveness. But also to realize like that your kid did still go through something for real. So instead of saying like, just toughen up, how about saying like, you know, there's a good chance I would have like, I get it. Like I probably would have left the faith too. Yeah. Being being real. I I probably would have left that church too. If that's the Jesus that was presented to me, like I'm, and I, I hate that I didn't see it then when it was happening. Right, you know, and I've and I'm, you know, I've been there as well. Like, um, in my family, you know, dealing with people that have left the faith over, um, or left church over, um, church hurt. So, um, and just being patient. And so then the the next thing is just being really patient, knowing like you can't Patience. solve this in a conversation, you can't solve this um, or fix it for them. 
Uh, and you've got to know that they're going to make their own decisions, and that's what God expects. God expects them to make that decision. He's not going to be disappointed with you because you know you didn't um, like get them back. God knows that it's that person's choice at this point. So you've got to be really patient and just trust that God's working in their life, that they're going to have opportunity after opportunity, and that um, at the right time, hopefully, they'll come back to Jesus or they'll come back to the body. You know? Yeah. I would say a couple of things if if you're that person. Um, number one, remind them of Christ. Yeah. Now, this is really important. Remind them. Don't beat them over the head with it. Yeah. Um, you know, don't be the person that sends them the the service every week. Because <laughs> um, they'll you, you become noise, right? Yep. You need to, you know, especially with grown kids, you need to be you need to be the person that has influence, mm-hmm. not authority. Right. If you try to flex your authority as their parent, um, when they're 23, 24, 25, um, they're, they're gonna, not going to listen. Yeah, There's no authority there, face. right? Yeah. Versus influence, right? Use your influence. And, and maybe this is a cool way that you can show that you're walking in your faith. If you have, let's say there's a message that, uh, you know, really speaks to you. Not every week, but, you know, there's a yeah. message that really speaks to you. Be like, hey, I'm working on this. I'd love to work through it with you if, if you have some time. Yeah, not sharing the message that you think your kid needs to uh, hear. Let me hear. Yeah, you need to hear this, right? <laughs> but, but share like, the message that you needed to hear. Right. You know, like get open up enough to like be be vulnerable in that. Like, this is the thing I struggled with, and I really needed to hear this this week and share that with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, watch the way you act. Um, they are whether whether you like it or not. Most people that have had church hurt and walked away from the faith. They have everything in the same bucket. Mm-hmm. So they have Christians, church, and Christ in the same bucket. And so you are, again, you become a represent, representation of Christ to them. Yeah. Um, and so watch the way that you act. And this not only is just for when you interact with them, this is across the board. Yeah. Because you may be working with somebody whose parents are praying right now because they walked away from their faith due to church hurt. And you have a really powerful example to be like, hey, I am a Jesus follower, and that's why I do X, Y, Z. You may be the person that makes that person go, huh, maybe not all Christians are the same. Right. So watch watch the way you act. Number three, support your kid. Yeah. Make sure that you support your kid, that you are involved in their life, um, that you plug in as much as you can, that you ask questions that are not um, not trying to glean information from them or trying to like, you know, try to figure out where they're at. Just support them. Be yeah. there for them. You don't got to fix it. Yeah. You know, I think we get into like fixing mode so often, so easily. Absolutely. So then that's three, four, love them through it. And then five, this is, this is really, really important. Pray for your kid. Yeah continue to pray over your kid as they're working through that pain, that hurt, mm-hmm. um, that, that God would just be revealed to them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's ultimately, um, parents, this, this may be relieving to hear, but you don't save your kids. Yeah, You're not the person that, mm-hmm. uh, whether you've made a mistake or not, um, you don't save your kids. Yep. Jesus is the one that's saving your kids. And so yeah. make sure that you are bathing them in prayer every single day. So um, if you are are going through that, we'd love to walk alongside you as well. Um, and, and really, if you're going through any of this, we'd love to, to be here for you and be present. So, um, man, we ran over time. Way over. Way over time. It was worth it, though. It was uh, such but, a good, good, good conversation. Yes, this is such a good conversation. Like I said earlier, I would, I'd, I'd ask that if you're somebody that listened to this and you found it really helpful— um, 
share this with your friends. You never know. You might be the person that shares this and your friends might just happen on it and look at it and listen to it. And this might completely change their perspective. Um, if you're somebody that, you know, this, you're listening to this, um, and you want to give church another try, I'd encourage you go find a Bible believing church somewhere near you. Yeah. You know, if you're in the Fox Valley, we want, we'd love to have you at Pathways. Yeah. We'd love for you to get plugged in here. Uh, with that being said, that's all the time we got for, for table talk. Thank you, Nathan, yeah, for coming thank you for on having and me. I church. It. We'll, we'll see you guys around.